You're listening to Healthy Living with Eric Sue Podcast, episode number 91. This episode is sponsored by Eric Sue Insider, an online community where you get advice and tips from Eric Sue on weekly conference calls. Learn more at slash insider and how you can get started. Hey there, it's Eric Sue, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening to my podcast. If you are new, welcome. And if you are a longtime listener, I appreciate your continued support. Did you know your review on iTunes and Stitcher helps grow this podcast? Well, it does, so write a review today. Not into writing a review? Then maybe you would like to make a small donation. You can do so by clicking the Be My Patron Podbean link on my podcast page. Finally, helping others is the name of the game, so help a friend by sharing this podcast with them. Let's keep this movement growing. Now on to the show. Health tips and useful wellness advice without the hype. Welcome to Healthy Living with Eric Sue Podcast with inspiring guests and engaging fitness, nutrition, and healthy living topics. You will be entertained and excited until the end. And now your host, Eric Sue. Hey guys, Eric Sue here. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Living with Eric Sue. We have a super cool and outgoing personal trainer with us today. Her name is Theodora Tatsos. So we will be talking about today is which what workout is best for you. So without any delay, let me introduce you all to Theodora. Theodora, are you ready to make it happen? I'm ready to make it so. Awesome. Theodora Theodora trained with top trainers and national champions over the last 25 years. She has become an expert in corrective she has become an expert in correcting muscular deficiencies to attain balance and symmetry. She specializes in strength training for correct balance and symmetry. She is an expert with special population, women's fitness, and post-baby boomers. Theodora, that was just a little bit about who you are. Could you share with our audience a little bit more on how you got started? Uh, certainly. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, I got started actually a little bit late in life. Um, I was overweight as a child and very scholastic and not very physically active. And I tried, as many people do, uh, all different types of trends and, you know, the, the happening diets at the time and yo-yoed for a long period of life. Uh, and then in uh, my later years, I was uh, fortunate to have come across a female trainer who was really very, very balanced and very, very intelligent. And um, she introduced me to uh, proper weightlifting, uh, proper resistance training. And uh, along with that and uh, the background that I have uh, from having gone to medical school and the Bachelor of Science in Biology and so forth and so on, I was able to kind of slowly put the pieces together and uh, learn as I went along and discovered you know, all different types of styles of training and experienced many of them and found that uh, proper resistance training is, you know, bar none, uh, a superior fitness, uh, a superior form of training. Uh, and um, from there, I ended up uh, showing other people, um, and that's how I ended up getting into it. Excellent. Great story. Um, we're going to get into this topic as well as learn a little bit more about you. And um, we have this excellent question my audience loves to hear the answer from and that question is which or what is one cool or unique fact about yourself 
Well, well, actually, that's taken a little bit of thought. But one cool fact about myself is that I am a very well-rounded person who's a, who has experienced many, many things. And I think that uh, it's very important to uh, know that you know and know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Socrates once said that to be truly wise is to know that you know absolutely nothing at all and to keep learning. Wow, very powerful. I love it. So cool. So cool. I um, appreciate you being on today, Theodora. And the topic that we decided to go with was which uh, workout is best for you? And, you know, who do you see and how do you help these people? Well, the majority of, I mean, I see people all across the board. Uh, My focus has become a little bit more with special populations now. Uh, because they're uh, underserved. And, you know, special populations uh, have often become either baby boomers or, you know, people that have some, you know, special circumstances for fitness. But what I'd like to share, Eric, with people is that, like any other business, fitness is a business. It wants Mm. to sell you something by convincing you that you need what it's selling you. And there are many, many programs out there that are very confusing to people, and it's remarkable to me to see that there are a lot of intelligent people that often end up being very unintelligent when it comes to fitness. Mm. Uh, A lot of programs and products in fitness are marketed as, quote, revolutionary, when in actuality, they're really not revolutionary at all. They're comprised of... uh, aspects of very basic principles that have been around for a gazillion years. So I'm going to touch upon uh, something that's very popular right now, uh, CrossFit, which is essentially powerlifting, gymnastics, plyometrics, calisthenics. Those are fundamental exercise styles that have been around for many, many years. They're not revolutionary. They're not new. Um, There are other uh, fitness styles also that have trademark names, Tybo, P90X. Uh, But I want to state uh, and make a point that all of these are merely combinations of existing fundamentals, which have been nothing more than marketed and trademarked as some unique fitness method. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you can see how important it is for the individual to have an idea of actually what the fundamentals actually are and what do these fundamentals do so that they can make uh, you know an educated decision of what would be the best training style for them. Excellent. Excellent point. Um, can we dive into several of these types of workouts, uh, break it down even a little bit more, and maybe categorize who would be best for which type? Well, let me go into a little bit uh, about what some of the, the uh, what what some of these fundamentals are oh, perfect. Uh, yeah. that are very very important so that people could understand. So various training principles engage different aspects of these fundamentals, which uh, affect both muscle development and the uh, utilization of energy. Mm-hmm. So um, to get into a little bit of it. Uh, Uh, There are different types of movements for muscle, okay, some of the muscle fundamentals. So when a movement is executed in a full range of motion around a joint, the exercise is called isotonic, okay, because the joint angle changes. So, for example, like a squat, 
It's an isotonic exercise where the actual joint angles change. These moves are used in typical weight training, and they allow for stressors to be added where the muscle fibers can tear and then regrow thicker and larger, leading to muscle growth, which is also known as hypertrophy. Then there's uh, another fundamental where the joint angle and muscle length doesn't change during the contraction where you're in a static pose, and that movement is isometric. Those movements are used in, quote, strength training and things like yoga, Pilates, some martial arts. These methods allow a person to use 100% of their effort um, uh, to utilize 100% of their effort to deplete the muscle, and that improves the muscle's tension endurance, uh, but doesn't have the same effect on muscle growth and hypertrophy as um, an isotonic, uh, as isotonic exercises mm-hmm. do. Okay. Then you have uh, the aerobic versus the anaerobic. So quickly, let me just summarize that anaerobic, as you know, the the term says, is without oxygen, and essentially. Those involve brief, intense bursts of physical activity like weightlifting, sprints. It breaks down, you know, what's stored in your muscle cells without the use of oxygen. And as a general rule of thumb, anaerobic usually occurs with an all-out effort that's, you know, up to a minute. Anaerobic exercises are important. They are involved with weightlifting, which builds, you know, lean muscle mass. And I'm sure you've had these conversations before, but I'm going to summarize them because they are truly important, the benefits of the having the lean muscle as a synopsis. Um, it protects and strengthens the stability around your joints to protect them and lower the risk of injury. Uh, muscle needs more energy to survive than fat does, so it increases the metabolism, burns more calories, uh, helps increase bone density and strength, so it reduces the risk of osteoporosis. Anaerobic enhances, exercises also enhance the release of endorphins, you know, the feel-good hormones. And important hormones, testosterone, growth hormone, epinephrine, norepinephrine. In addition, anaerobic exercises also increase a person's ability to store fuel. And these are the benefits of that. First, the more muscle fibers that you have, the more fuel or sugar can be stored in the muscle fibers as opposed to the blood. And the importance of this is this helps increase, or rather, excuse me, decrease the risk of diabetes because it acts to lower blood sugar. And in some cases with people who are pre-diabetic, it could even reverse it to the point where you know, it, it reverses the person's state uh, and avoids them from becoming a full-blown diabetic. Increasing the fuel storage capacity in a muscle cell also uh, gives you more energy during intense physical activity, which enhances sports performance. So anaerobic type of um, training is uh, important you know, in many aspects, especially for people who engage in sports, uh, for people who are experiencing some muscle loss you know, with aging, declining hormones, uh, joint instabilities, uh, the, the, the uh, benefits are, are uh, great and superior. Aerobic, the aerobic system also breaks down sugars, energy in a, in a steady state that usually takes more, you know, longer than about three, and four, three to four minutes. And that also provides benefits. Um, that is 
a, a, a breakdown of the sugars with the use of oxygen, aerobic as the term, and it helps in the oxygen transport of getting oxygen-rich blood to body tissues and the utilization uh, of that, of the muscle to be able to utilize the oxygen to produce energy. So, you know, people who may have some um, more circulatory compromises, you know, aerobic uh, is certainly, you know, which provides benefits to them and, of course, has an added value to other types of, uh, you know, resistance exercise as well. Then you also come across, uh, you know, the different morphology of people. And this has you know, been some very interesting research, and I've seen, um, you know, I've made some observances, you know, myself in my training. Mm-hmm. But everybody's comprised of different types of muscle fiber types. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, you know, the fast muscle, and there is the slow twitch muscle. So, uh, you know, synopsis of that uh, to educate, you know, some of the people out mm-hmm. there. Uh, slow twitch muscle fibers, also called, called red muscle fibers, also called type 1, they're very endurance and aerobically oriented. And the uh, slow twitch aerobic, they're predominant in endurance type of muscles, like the muscles that are in our core, uh, you know, along our spine to hold us up, you know, in our calves for standing, Fast twitch are the white muscle fibers, also called type 2, and those are more power and anaerobic oriented. They're predominant in larger muscle groups used for power like the legs and the thicker muscles of the back and are engaged in power moves like sprints, you know, explosive punches. And like I said, we have percentages of both. And there have been interesting studies for years, like for example, there were some countries that when it came to Olympics and competitive sports, they would actually test people and take biopsies to see, you know, what predominance of uh, mm. uh, uh, fiber types, you know, people were. And people, for example, that had predominance of red muscle might have been better suited for endurance sports like marathons. And people that had predominance of white may have been best suited for power exercise like, the, you know, you, you know power lifting or other power sports. There are other studies that are coming about that are saying that the, that the muscle fiber type can change based on the training, but it's still a very interesting, um, you know, uh, concept uh, that relates to muscle fiber type and, and body morphologies and what people are drawn to. So I have observed that people who are often, you know, long and slender and almost sinewy shy away from weight training, which, you know, can be a disservice, you know, for them because there are a lot of benefits for, to, to resistance weight training. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, naturally take to endurance type of sports like running. Then there are people who are a little bit thicker, you know, have a little bit more meat on them, and they have a greater affinity to weight training and less affinity to, you know, endurance training, um, you know, like marathons. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to, to think about, and, and people do have to, you know, take a look and think about, you know, what body type, you know, they have. Um, in addition to that, a person's size, their weight, uh, can, can play a, a role in how their body gets impacted, you know, by certain training styles. So let's take, you know, running, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, some people can do it enjoyably for long distances, 
But a person has to consider that, you know, when, when we run, you know, our entire body weight springs off and then lands on one pivot point, the heel. And that pounding, you know, goes through the knees, goes through the lower backs and joints. And, you know, wear and tear over the years on the joints will affect your quality of life. So, you know, if you're someone who doesn't have, you know, who's been atrophying, you know, in, in you know, some muscle, you know, has some, you know, joint instabilities, uh, you know, has some weaker lagging muscle groups, which we all have, you know, you have to be careful in doing, you know, just running. Um, many, excuse me, many people who have run for years, you know, often reach a point where they can't even run anymore because they blew out their knees or, you know, injured their iliotibial band. So, um, so it's important to think about, you know, where you are um, and perhaps also why you ended up engaging in, in an exercise training style because what was good for you at one point, you know, may not be good later on. You know, maybe in your younger years you, you got into running, you wanted to meet people. You know, it's certainly an easy sport, you know, to, to get into. I mean, all you got to do is just throw your, put your running shoes on and go out and run. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you have to think about, you know, where 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 people, where they are in life, what they've done, you know, what they would like to do, um, and be intelligent about it. Um, let's say, you know, you played active sports, you know, when you were in your 20s, or, um, and you did, you know, some hardcore power and speed training. Those were the days, you know, you could eat anything, you know, sleep right. four hours and be a monster, you know, no longer for me, you know. Mm-hmm. But now you're in your 40s, you know, your joints are different, your hormones are lower, your muscles don't recuperate as quickly. You can't process the same foods. Your metabolism's slowing down. So you might want to, re- and, you know, let's say you want to revisit a sport you used to enjoy, but now you have less muscle. Um, you know, as we age over 30, we lose an average of about 5% of muscle every 10 years. And that may not sound like a lot, but believe me, you know, you feel it when you try to do something that you used to be able to do. Mm. So, uh, you know, so if you're going to, let's say, engage in a, a sport that you and revisit it and something that you used to do in your, you know, in your younger years, you know, is something aerobic like going, you know, running, for, you know, going out for a run with your dog, the best training style to, to you know, enhance uh, yourself for that? Mm, not necessarily. I mean, running with your dog is certainly an enjoyable thing, but if you're going to engage back into, uh, you know, a sport that you enjoyed, uh, you know, incorporating some resistance training is something uh, uh, that's very important to do because, it, like I said, you know, will um, you know cause some hypertrophy, you know, and, um, increase the stability, you know, around your joints, you know, and enhance and improve your uh, capacity there with a less risk of injury. Let's touch upon like the topics of also the the styles of uh, yoga and Pilates. Great. Um, you know, which is also very, very popular. And, you know, it, you know people often ask, oh, is yoga good? Is Pilates good? Yeah, sure, it's good. Um, just about every style of training, Eric, has a benefit. And people will see some changes in the beginning, no matter what they do, because if someone's incorporating some sort of activity that's you know, that's a calorie-burning activity, which any sort of activity is, and, and incorporating a new stressor onto the body that wasn't there before, uh, you're going to see something. You're going to see some changes. The body adapts. Um, however, 
people need to understand that things like yoga and Pilates, what they can do and what they can't do. And so earlier I touched upon that yoga and Pilates utilizes isometric principles where the muscle is static. This acts to improve, as I said, a muscle's endurance and tension strength. But it doesn't necessarily increase the size of the muscle mm. terribly significantly. You know, not you don't really get a quantitative increase in muscle fibers. You know, in hypertrophy and getting you know any uh, increases in lean muscle, uh, which is you know important, especially since we do lose muscle you know as we age. So although yoga and Pilates does have its benefits on its own you know, it may not necessarily provide enough. Uh, combined with some sort of resistance training, uh, it could certainly be, it would certainly be very effective and very, you know, and very efficient training for somebody. I agree. <laughs> then, well, did you want to intervene? No, go ahead. Intervene? No, that's good. Oh, okay. I agree. Uh, so, um, so now let's, you know, get on to, you know, some of the other things that are going about, you know, the CrossFit, the P90Xs, uh, the boot camps and and things that I would term as quote you know extreme fitness trends. Again, every training style can have benefits, uh, but repercussions as well. So let's take the boot camps for example, which are very popular. And of course, you know we're very close to the weather starting to warm. You know we mm-hmm. hope, and people are going to start looking you know, at these boot camps because everybody's been hibernating and, you know, we're an immediate gratification society. You know, we want to get in shape now, you know, right away, you know, tomorrow. So, you know, boot camp is an extreme training style. Um, And if you think about it, what is boot camp? You know, where did it come from? Well, what is boot camp? You know, boot camp is a training style that's geared at preparing a regular person for combat in a short period of time. So again, if done in a short period of time, you can see some quick, quick results, uh, but you can also get some quick injuries from being thrown into an intense routine when you haven't allowed your body to progress properly. And often, you know, in addition to that, because of the speed of all of the movements uh, and often, you know, the size of many of those classes, correct form is not something that's usually advocated, you know, in those types of classes. So if you think about it, you know, when a recruit is being trained for war, the sergeant isn't saying, hey, you know, you didn't perform the form on that push-up again, you know, do it again. No, it's more like, you know, drop and give me 50. And so as a result, you know, if, um, if, if certain exercise movements are done very quickly, you, you risk the danger of now beginning to create bad muscle memories because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, any muscle, any contractions repeated over and over again, you know, you end up creating a muscle memory. Um, and sometimes that can make things, e- you know, even set you back because it's harder to start like on a, you know, it's easier to start from a clean slate than to have to retrain you know, and a, a, a part of you that was trained incorrectly. Uh, what about CrossFit? Uh, well, you know, again, like I mentioned earlier, CrossFit is uh, weightlifting, gymnastics, plyometrics, calisthenics that's been combined, you know, trademarked. A lot of those exercises, Eric, involve 
power lifting movements that require a good core strength buildup. Mm-hmm. And they have to be learned properly, safely, and slowly with good form, especially for that, for the muscles to become developed enough to handle those very explosive, you know, full, full body power lifts. Uh, CrossFit can be very risky for the average starting person. Mm-hmm. For people who've done you know, bodybuilding for many years or powerlifting or, you know, some of these MMA fighters or people who have, you know, years of muscle and core development from prior extensive weight training, you know, usually those people can, you know, get into CrossFit with a much less risk of injury. So as I stated a little bit earlier, you know, what what are you doing in your life, um, you know, in, in, in your regular activities? I mean, uh, you know, are you are you more just, you know, in functional, do you want to increase your functional strength um, in in just your hectic daily life? I mean, there are a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of women, and and that ends up being a larger clientele for me. And I myself have a baby boomer where, you know, in the, in the change of times, you know, the women have to do it all. Mm. Um, and so, you know, there's the kids and there's, you know, the, you know, there's the job and, you know, still trying to be fit. And so, um you know, being doing functional type of training, uh, you know, could be very important for somebody who's in you know in that uh, you know in that lifestyle and that life mode. Um, but let's say again, you know, maybe somebody like yourself or somebody who, you know, maybe had done some sort of athletics and you know people that still want to get into playing ball where they you know jump and are incorporating you know those explosive or AKA plyometric movements, well, then in that case, it certainly makes sense to incorporate that style in your exercise training. That was good, um, Theodora, really good. I I was just taking some notes and uh, really, really good information. And for my audience, you know, last 20 minutes or so, please rewind this and listen back to what Theodora was talking about. It's all absolutely true. Um, and, and so just a real quick question for you with Theodora, cause we're already at 25 minutes in, would you have three tips for our, our audience to, to, to learn about how to use what you just said to assess what workout would be best for them? Yes. Well, um, you know, I would, you know, something that's very important that I do really want to share and touch upon is a lot of people ask, do you need a trainer? Do you need a coach? And if so, what should you look for, you know, in guidance and training? Uh, And this is something very, very important. You know, fitness is one of the few industries where you actually should judge a book a little bit by its cover, Eric, you know. Um, I've been stunned to see a lot of people in this field who are physically imbalanced and underdeveloped themselves, uh, you know, trainers either who are, you know, out of shape or, you know, some of them almost look, act, you know, anorexic with no, you know, muscle development. <laughs> you know, if you're going to look at a mentor, okay, uh, you have to say to yourself, you know, did this person do it for themselves? And if they didn't do it for themselves, you know, how are they going to do it for you? Uh, you know, we've all had bosses who have given ridiculous tasks that possibly can't be completed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a little often because they never did the tasks themselves to understand what it really takes. 
Uh, one of the other things you have to be careful about is sometimes people will look at the most muscular person, you know, like a you know, professional bodybuilder who has their pro cards. Sometimes you have to be careful there as well uh, because understanding, understand that those people were in a whole different category in ballpark. Mm. Um, you know, many of them did take supplements. Many of them were, you know, genetically blessed. And their routines, you know, can end up being... You know, their routines were very, very tough. And because of, you know, a, a lot of the supplements and enhancements that they took, sometimes they reach a point where they kind of forget what it was like <laughs> to be the normal person, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and so they could end up giving people crazy routines where they overtrained them. It happened to uh, somebody that I know, you know, she's a very fit police officer and went to a guy that had a pro card and he overtrained her legs and she ended up tearing uh, a calf muscle. Mm. So my, you know, my tip is find someone who has had many years of training, um, more education than just, you know, the online certifications, mm. and someone who can not only show you results, but can also demonstrate and explain them and mm. explain what does this do? What does that do? Why or why isn't it good for you? And as far as results, you know, you definitely want to see symmetry and you definitely want to see the correction of, of your imbalances. Wow. And Theodore, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of all of these trainers that I've met or seen in my past 15 years, and I'm like, man, you just weeded out, if not half of them, a lot of them because they are unable to explain things or show things. So <laughs> um, you're just raising the bar for everyone on the personal trainer side of things. Well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's a field. Listen, you know, we, we are fitness professionals, and we are taking, you know, people's livelihoods. Really, you know, we're, we're taking people under our care. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, the bar does need to be raised higher. Uh, you know, it, it, yeah. it's sadly, it's, it's very easy to get a certification, um, and, you know, really people need to to uh, get you know more than that to be able yeah. to take someone's livelihood uh, under them. Yeah, but I also want to say too, just real quick, is that I think a lot of um, people are just um, marketed to death with P90X and so forth, and think that that is the solution to all their problems. <laughs> well, it's you know it's a routine that you know, can't really be maintained for long periods of time. I mean, it's extreme. It's, you know, it's kind of like the boot camp. And like I said, I mean, it's really nothing new. It's taking all, it's, it's taking very basic fundamentals. It's taking resistance. It's taking its aerobic. It's taking some isometric. And it's right. mishmashing it all together in a very, very extreme way mm -hmm. where, yes, you will see results, but it's not something that can be maintained for long periods of time. Yeah. Very good. Theodora, I am very, very impressed with your knowledge, and I'm pretty sure my audience really appreciates it as well. How do people get a hold of you? Uh, well, uh, you can visit my um, website and my studio as well, of course. Uh, the uh, studio is uh, Make Your Body, uh, because after all, it's up to us to make our bodies and to make them the best that it could be. Uh, make your body, on, uh, and it's at 2218 West Belmont. And um, my telephone number is 312-206-5176. Uh, 
Excellent. You're also on Facebook and maybe Twitter or no? Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm, you know, on LinkedIn and, um, you know, those various, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm more of a people person. Okay, no <laughs> you know, problem. I engage more with people than, than I do with computers. <laughs> no problem. No problem. There's just some people who like that uh, aspect of it as well. Just wanted to make sure. Of course. Of course, but you know, for those people as well, remember that you know fitness is not an app. An mm-hmm. app helps to monitor and make us aware, uh, but you know, fitness is actually going out there and learning and doing. Very good. Um, I really appreciate it, Theodore. It was really, really informative. Like I said, I know my audience is going to uh, replay this over and over again. So wonderful uh, job. I look forward to getting out there and meeting you in person as well. So, um, but I'll let you go for now. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Thank you kindly. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Hey, it's Eric Sue again. Before I close the show, I'm excited to announce an upcoming three-part series with Dr. Andrew Hopkins about fitness, nutrition, and living a healthy lifestyle. Dr. Andrew was on episode number 30 if you missed his first show with me. This three-part series will be released in early March, so look out for it. Now to the close. Thank you so much for joining us today on Healthy Living with Eric Sue. Head over to ericwsue.com for full recaps of every show and Eric's health and wellness blog. Your healthy living is waiting for you, so stay active and be safe. <laughs>